Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello to all members except the five members of the Women's NCAA Hockey Committee. <laughs> and Steve, Zips of Akron. Season's almost over. I mean, God, feels like it has been over for like three weeks. That's because it has. The death march. That's right. The death march to the end. All right, well, I don't remember which games we lost since the last time we talked. Uh, all of them, actually, Chris. Well, ha ha. So much humor in our craptacularness. Um, is there any anything you want to think of or talk about or share coming from the just glorious end to the season that the Gophers put uh, put together since the last podcast? Well, why don't we do a, a best case, worst case scenario from here on out? How's that sound? Sure. What's what's the best case? Well, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the layout of the Big Ten tournament bracket, but are you, you know, are you optimistic? I mean, they're going to lose to Northwestern in their first game, right? Uh, probably, but uh, that that sounds like the best case scenario. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> just get this. Let's just get this over with. Let's just get it, over and with. we can move on from Patino and all you know, all that. Yeah, and I, I, I guess we'll get to that. Cause it seems like it's pretty much uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. But if we're still uh, rooting for the team to win, which it's hard to quit, you know. Um, oh, I'm, not, I'm not rooting for them to lose. It just it'll be quicker. Right is all I'm saying. Right, but uh, let's if you look at the layout of the Big Ten tournament bracket, and you look at the potential games ahead of them. Every single one of their games, actually, ironically, besides Northwestern, would be against teams that they've already beaten this year, which is hilarious to think of given how terrible the season has gone. But let's just uh, pretend like they beat Northwestern. Then they have Ohio State, who they've already beaten this year. Then they would have Purdue, who they've already beaten this year. And then they probably face Michigan, who they've already beaten this year. And then you look forward, and you're in the championship already. So in terms of Big Ten tournament path to the championship, which is what they would need to get into the tournament at this, at this point, you could have a worse route to the championship. Oh, is that all? That's and we're doing, this with, we're doing this without Liam Robbins or Gabe Kalsher or, you know. Yeah, so let's get back to reality, too. Uh, Robbins is out tomorrow. Gabe Kalsher also out tomorrow. Um, we've seen how they've done without those two and not good. Uh, losing to Northwestern, losing to Nebraska, routed by Penn State, somehow took Rutgers to overtime, which probably speaks more to Rutgers than it does to um, Minnesota doing doing anything notable, but um, it's not looking good. Now, will the team come to play? Have they packed it in? I guess we don't really know. Um but they certainly haven't shown a ton of life lately. So best-case scenario, I guess, maybe they get a spark and can win a game and not be completely embarrassed, but um, not hold their breath there. Worst-case scenario, or in your point, best-case scenario maybe, is that they lose, and the next day uh, Patino's let go, and we have ourselves a new coach who's already waiting in the wings. Um, of course, that would be predicated upon quite a few things happening, as in um, – our next coach being able to start right away, 
maybe he's still playing. Yes. I mean, you know, one, would hope, one would hope that whoever they're picking, you know, at least from the um, rumored potential candidates, which could be absolute and utter crap, we have no idea. Uh, you would, all of those teams should be in the NCAA tournament or are, or are, are already in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and at that point, you know, we're waiting for a bit um, just because, you know, that's how it's going to go. Or maybe it's the uh, you know day after Patino's fired and they announced that John Beeline's been hired. That could also be. Well, well that's, that's a good point. But So that's the situation. Uh, not looking good. I think most people are ready for the season to be over, which is a shame because just a month ago, we were thinking that we were going to have God. tournament aspirations. And then a month before that, we were, we're still thinking. a decent seed. We were still thinking like, I mean, well, a month ago now, I suppose, we were more thinking like, okay, like eight-ish. Um, yep. Oh, my God. Six weeks ago, we were still, five seed was still possible. That's right. Amazing how your fortunes oh. change when the calendar turns to the next year. But that's where we're at. Rip the Band-Aid off. I'm in the camp, but let's just get this over with and move on. Yeah, well, uh, with the assumption that we think, you know, we're going to move on from Richard Patino as a school, we'll, of course, have a podcast if slash when that happens, um, you know, with the uh, sort of expectation on the table that that's going to happen, I will simply say I'm going to miss Richard Patino. I really enjoyed him as a personality, um, and I got nothing negative to say about the guy. This is not a angry parting for my side of things it's more of a uh, yeah and it feels uh, like it feels like that's been the sentiment across the board too even like from the media who media who have covered him um to fans also are just like you know no like no ill will towards the guy he's a fun been someone fun to follow he's always had good attitude guy you probably want to go have a beer with um just not getting just not getting it done on the court which is unfortunate You, you were rooting for him to succeed and that's where we're at now. Um, I think also interesting will be the personnel turnover because there's a lot of question marks um, for next year's roster. A, given uh, if you're having a coaching change, who's going to stay, who's going to you know try their hand elsewhere, and B, the with with the likely rule in place that um, you know players can transfer without penalty for next year, you're going to see a ton of movement. I think early indications in the transfer portal are that that's going to be. Um, it's gonna be pretty busy. So, who knows what the roster looks like next year? I think maybe you know, go for nation, and I will try to break down the roster in a future podcast just to go player by player because it seems like every single player currently, you're got a couple question marks on if they're even gonna be back next year. Andy, I mean, I know you've got hockey thoughts, and we'll get to those. Do you have, you know? takes that you want to get through related to basketball or the tournament? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat that everybody else is. I mean, this team while never, I mean, they, I take that back. We, we thought they were a decent team three months ago. Um, this team has not looked like a decent team in at least six weeks, if not closer to two months. And I mean, and that was before you lost Liam Robbins and Gabe Kelchers. So the fact that arguably two of your three, well, not arguably, two of your three best players. Um, and and I would make the argument that Robbins is probably more important than anybody, uh, even Marcus Carr, who, as we've seen, Marcus Carr can win games by himself, but he can definitely lose games by himself, too. Um, 
you know, w- without Robbins, the, the Gophers are going to struggle. I mean, Northwestern is, I would say, the best potential matchup without Robbins. Um, but I'm not expecting them to beat Northwestern, and even if they do, I think Ohio State's going to run them out of the gym on on the day after. So, um, you know, yeah, I think for, for everybody's sake, we're just trying to get through this. I mean, I don't think there's anybody with any sense in their brain that thinks that Richard Pitino's going to make it past the weekend as, as the Gopher head coach. Um, I suppose the only way that would happen is if, if Mark Coyle decides to, to be nice and not announce things until uh, till the gets lost in the NCAA tournament shuffle on Sunday or Monday. But um, I think it, I think we'll probably hear one uh, officially that uh, his time is over here in the next two or three days. And uh, then we can all start the reckless speculation, which I mean, there'll be, there'll be plenty of time for that and plenty of candidates and plenty of argument over what candidates are better. And, and knowing the way that Mark Coyle works, I'm sure there'll be one or two completely off the wall uh, potential candidates that will leak out that everybody will go, who, or really he's interested. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think stay close cause we probably will have uh, multiple podcasts going up, uh, up this week. Well, looking towards hockey, um, I guess we'll start with the men cause I don't want you to like tire yourself out complaining about the idiocy that is the selection committee from the women's side of things for the NCAA uh, tournament. For the men, uh, the men needed, we suspected, a win and a tie um, to go ahead and and secure a Big Ten regular season title. Um, And instead, they they lost on Friday. Uh, Got the win on Saturday, but now Wisconsin, with their sweep of Michigan State, is your Big Ten champs of the regular season. And I guess... I'm just interested, Andy, in any thoughts you have from the weekend uh, and how you think things shape up now with the Big Ten tournament and uh, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, I was disappointed. Uh, we, we all knew that it was going to be interesting with the uh, the this weekend off, missing the Penn State series, how they were going to come out uh, against Michigan, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't come out great. Um, you know, Michigan really looked like the better team in, in Friday night's game, and and took it to the Gophers, and, and there wasn't really much you could do. Um, unfortunately, you know, Wisconsin was playing Michigan State, who is uh, pretty awful. Um, the Spartans looked like they are going to give maybe give the Gophers a chance of a little bit of help on Saturday, and then uh, Cole Caulfield took over and basically decided to, uh, to win the thing by himself. Uh, there are six Big Ten hockey teams who will be perfectly fine when he's playing on the Montreal Canadiens in about three weeks. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, w- Wisconsin did what they needed to do. I mean, they came into, they came into Mariucci and got a sweep of the Gophers. So that, you know, that, that earned them the title right there. Um, you know, there was some, some little, you know, uh, consternation that if the, if the Big Ten had done what pretty much every other conference in the country did and go by points percentage rather than winning percentage, technically Minnesota would have snuck out barely uh, the regular season title over Wisconsin. But to that, I say you got swept at home by Notre Dame and Wisconsin. I mean that—that's—that's that's it right there. You, you can't do that. Um, you know, all you had to do is take one of those losses and make it a tie, and, and you win. But um, 
The Badgers got it. Congratulations to them. Their first regular season title since 2000. Um, and, and the, you know, for if you're a Minnesota-centric sports fan, what the, the name that was passing around on that, uh, the last time Wisconsin won the Big Ten regular season title, Danny Heatley was on that roster. So wait, I, I guess in my head I, I had them being slightly more recent than that. So all the way back into the WCHA years, it is 2000 the last time that they won a, a conference title. Yeah, they've, they've won tournaments, but that was the last time they won a regular season oh, title. Okay. It's, it's 2000. So. Um, so yeah, so you know that means Wisconsin gets the first round by, doesn't have to play till Monday night in the Big Ten tournament, or Monday afternoon. Uh, the Gophers will have to play Michigan State Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Um, and assuming they win that game, which they should, Michigan State's not good. They've got a, they've got a decent goalie, but the Gophers chased him uh, when they played a couple weeks ago. Wisconsin chased him in the Friday night game. Um, so, you know, barring something incredibly unforeseen, Minnesota should, should knock off the Spartans, and then they would play in the second semifinal Monday night against the winner of Michigan and Ohio State. Um, with the hopes that they would move on to the championship game Tuesday and, and probably face Wisconsin, who would have to deal with uh, the Penn State and uh, Notre Dame side of the bracket. So, um, you know, uh, I think, to be perfectly honest, the bracket lines up decently for the Gophers. I mean, they should be able to beat Michigan State pretty handily. Um, Ohio State has played well against Michigan. And the Gophers have destroyed Ohio State this year, so if you can get an upset there, that'd be great. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a really good semifinal matchup between the Gophers and Wolverines. I think, um, you know, you could make an argument that Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin are all pretty much even-keeled teams. In fact, I think uh, Nate Wells had a, had a stat on Twitter after the end of the Gopher-Michigan series that uh, each team went 4-4 uh, and four against the other two going three and one on the road. Minnesota went three and one against Michigan and one and three against Wisconsin. And Michigan went three and one against Wisconsin. Um, you know, so you could sort of have the, the triangle of, of evenness between the uh between the, the three teams. And so um arguably I think it wouldn't be an upset or outrageous to see any one of those three teams win the Big Ten. Um you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota are guaranteed locks for the NCAA tournament. you got to think Michigan probably is at this point, too. Uh, but as we'll get into in a little bit, when the uh, when the smoky room committees get together, uh, it puts a little bit more of a question into uh, NCAA tournament selection this year. But um, I would sure think that Michigan is, is pretty much safe. And, and barring, uh, you know, an epic upset in the conference tournament, uh, all three of those teams should be looking at the NCAA tournament uh, when that field is announced here in uh, about a week and a half. All right, let's get to it. Uh, go for women. Smoky room committee, go for women left out of the NCAA uh, tournament. Um, I mean, Andy, Andy had a, had a good story on it. Uh, essentially, you know, it's uh, if you go by the numbers, there's no question Minnesota is certainly more deserving uh, than UMD, um, especially given the unbalanced nature of the schedules they played. Um, and you, while you have very, you have no head-to-head, no pairwise kind of ranking to look at versus some of the Eastern teams who made it in, uh, I think we know in women's hockey where the power balance lies. 
So, yeah, Minnesota gets screwed, and uh, Daily Gopher podcast listeners, I give you an Andy rant. We'll, we'll, we'll try and, I mean, the, the emotion will still be there, but it won't be quite as fresh as, as the Twitter rants that were flying on, on Sunday night. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's no there's no way to put it. The Gopher women's hockey team got the absolute shaft from the selection committee, and because of the way the NCAA does things, they'll never, they'll never be questioned as to why, and that's what's going to be frustrating the most. Um, for, for those who don't know, there's eight teams in the uh, NCAA women's hockey tournament. For uh, automatic bids, for at-large bids, uh, Ohio State was uh, got an at-large bid automatically. They were they were the third best team, probably arguably you could argue the second best team in the country all year. There was no doubt that the WCHA runner-up was going to get that bid. So there were three bids available, and basically five teams under consideration: uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, Boston College, Providence, and Penn State. Um. The three bids went to Minnesota Duluth, Boston College, and Providence. And Providence is the one that just gets everybody going. How did that happen? Providence uh, was the third place finisher in Hockey East. Um, they didn't. I mean, I guess they had two wins over Boston College, but they were zero and four against Northeastern, who's the current number one seed. Um, they lost a couple of horrible games, including to a seven and fourteen New Hampshire team. Um, there's no way you can empirically do the eye test between Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, Providence, and decide that Minnesota is the worst team out of the three. That that, that just doesn't happen. Um, the only thing you could say that where Providence got in is, is the NCAA will say, well, you know, it, since we, we, we had to make things fair and since you really couldn't compare conferences against one another, you know, it, it's really tough to put four WCHA teams in and, and only two from Hockey East. Well, that's a joke. Um, as Chris Dilks, who covers women's hockey and men's hockey for SB Nation, tweeted out and said, uh, it, it, it's hilarious to see how, how much better uh, Hockey East got in, in the year that the teams didn't play at one another. Um, you know, Providence, this Providence team tied Bemidji State, who finished in sixth place in the WCHA this year. UMD lost to Bemidji State, by the way. Um, it, it's an absolute joke that, that Providence got it. But you know what? Even if the NCAA wants to say we have to be fair and spread out the bids, fine. It's even a bigger joke that Minnesota was left out of the field over Minnesota Duluth. Uh, stated in the criteria how teams are supposed to be compared are you know, strength of schedule, looking at common opponents, looking at, uh, we all know the pairwise ranking nationally doesn't worth anything, but because teams played each other in the conferences, you can still compare the pairwise ranking, the RPI, and the crash in conference. Minnesota was ahead of Minnesota Duluth in every single statistical metric. The only thing Minnesota Duluth finished ahead of the Gophers was, was overall standings in the WCHA. UMD finished second, Minnesota finished fourth. Why did that happen? Because of the unbalanced schedule. UMD only played Wisconsin twice, Ohio State twice, and Minnesota twice, while the Gophers had to play Wisconsin four times and Ohio State six times. Minnesota went 2-7-1 uh, and one in those ten games against the Badgers and the Buckeyes. Not great, but they are the number two and number three teams in the country, or number one and number three teams in the country for the entire season. Uh, UMD went 2-2 two and two against those teams but also got swept by the Gophers in their one meeting. Minnesota was 2-0 and against UMD this year. So you have the head-to-head, -head, you have the statistical categories where you're ranked higher, 
So how did UMD get into the tournament field over the Gophers? That's the question we'll never get to answer. Now, the only thing, and and we got some pushback on this when we brought it up, the only thing you look at is the five-member NCAA Women's Hockey Selection Committee included the Hockey East Assistant Commissioner, the Boston College Head Coach, and the UMD Athletic Director. Coincidence that Hockey East got two extra teams and UMD got in over Minnesota? I, I don't know. Normally, in a normal year, the committee, you know, does its job and looks at the stats and they don't have much of a thing to do. But in this year's smoky room where they didn't have stats to go for, it it, it sure seems interesting that the stats that show Minnesota and ahead of UMD in every category were completely ignored. Uh, and, you know, the, the UMD athletic director just happened to be on the, uh, on the committee, you know, um, and some people said rightly, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. I mean, in fact, if you if you look at Twitter, uh, BC Interruption, the Boston College blog, even even basically slapped Goldie's head on a, on a picture of the uh, Trump campaign out of Four Seasons Landscaping, you know, to basically look like we were coming up with conspiracies and stuff like that, which, I mean, it's funny, ha, 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 ha. But it's like, okay, the whole point of this is I would have zero problem if the committee came out and said, this is what we did to make our decision. They won't come out publicly and do that. It's all smoke and mirrors. So all we can do is assume, why did this team get over the other? We'll never get an actual answer from the committee. And and that's why you saw the rage coming out on Sunday night, because uh, they basically didn't follow their own guidelines and we'll never get an explanation as to why. So, Usually this is the part where we'd end the podcast and we would have ended it on that note of nonsense. But thanks to one Gable Stevenson, uh, Stevenson, uh, we get to talk about a Big Ten champion to end the night. Um, Gable went out and just completely did his thing, uh, romped his way to uh, a Big Ten title in the heavyweight division. Andy, I think you caught a little more of it or paid a little more attention to it than I did. It wasn't even a, a real challenge yet again, correct? Yeah, I mean, it. it he was facing uh, Mason Paris of Michigan, who he beat 8-6 in, in the Big Ten Championship last year, the last wrestling event before everything all went to hell. Um and yeah, this year it was it was twelve four was the final. It was not close. Uh, Gable Stevenson just absolutely toyed with him, and and he is a bad bad man. And and I think as we tweeted out, it's a, it's it's a good thing he's on our team because uh, that is not one guy I would like to be stuck on a mat against uh, or in a dark alley with because. Uh, Gable is a beast. Um, tomorrow, the NCAA pre-seeds will be announced. He'll be the number one seeded heavyweight. He has not lost a match in two years. Uh, two-time now reigning Big Ten champion. He's only lost to one wrestler, Anthony Cassar of Penn State. is the only man who's beat him in the NCAA wrestling. Um, so Gable's got uh, one more run here to go for the NCAA tournament, and then he pretty much will autom- uh, immediately turn his direction to... Uh, working out and getting ready for the U.S. Wrestling Olympic Trials in uh, in mid-April uh, to try and basically go from Big Ten champion to NCAA champion to hopefully U.S. champion, and, and uh, we'll see him wrestling in the Olympics later this summer. So, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely a beast, and he's got some uh, incredible skills, and we can only hope that uh, 
he'll continue to, to stay on his, uh, his role all the way through the rest of the summer. Steve, we've kind of walked away from your end of the podcast for a little bit. Do you have any fun tidbits, exciting news, random thoughts you'd like to contribute before we call it a night? Yeah, I do have a fun tidbit, actually, Chris. Um, what do you got? So you remember Isaiah Washington, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. For- the Former uh, the, potential the- prodigy. Uh, basically the the one the one recruit where you just kind of go oh what could have been had they you know not gone with him that's right uh, a lot of woulda coulda shouldas with uh with jelly but do you know where he ended up long beach he did end up at long beach state after uh via iona um so he's out there and if you want to catch isaiah washington in action you can do so on Thursday if you got nothing to do at one o'clock Central Time, and you have access to ESPN three. Long Beach State will be playing, and you can watch our formerly very own Isaiah Washington mix it up out in the Big West Conference Tournament. Yay! He's playing for Dan Munson. You know? Oh God, Munson's still at Long Beach State. Okay. That's right. It's a real, real meeting of two different paths from our program i mean that this is the best time of the year where you can just pick random basketball and just watch it non-stop from like 11 a.m till you know past midnight for the next four nights and then start over again next weekend um you know if you if you liked your your schadenfreude uh i'm watching the summit league championship right now and oral roberts is literally running north dakota state out of the gym up 21 points with four minutes to go in the first half Ooh, i like that uh, uh, so, you know, sorry, Bison doesn't look like you're going back to the uh, NCAA tournament anytime soon. But. And yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we'll wrap it up here too. So we can go catch uh, BYU is beating Gonzaga by eight late in the first half too. So we'll see how long that holds up. Well, that's, I, that's not going to hold up. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Just getting started. Here we to... go. Two weeks of awesomeness. I do have to say, you know, for those of you who are working from home still, uh, this does work out in your favor, um, assuming you're, you know, not forced to be on camera while working from home, I suppose. So here's to all of the uh, tape over the uh, uh, webcams on your computers. Um, just just a quick, uh, I was going to say, just a quick shot if we're talking about early morning basketball. Uh, if, if you want to make it a doubleheader for Gophers in the, in the Big Ten tournament, the Gopher women take on Nebraska at the Big Ten tournament, uh, the quarterfinals tomorrow morning at uh, 10 a.m., bright and early on Big Ten Ugh. Network. So uh, Minnesota's beat Nebraska twice this year. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can do it three times. But, uh, yeah, if they do, they get, uh, they get Maryland the day after that, and that will be the end of their season promptly. But Minnesota has one more chance to try and get one more win over, over the Cornhuskers, uh, like I said, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning if you want to tune in to, to Big Ten Networks for some very early uh, women's basketball. All right. Buckle down, everyone. Uh, you know, NCAA tournament, basically here for basketball, um, basically here for hockey. And we probably have a coaching search kicking off here in the next few days. So keep your eyes and ears tuned to the Daily Gopher. We'll have all the updates as they happen. And in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat.
the boat. 